Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show in which we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever, mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Holden, I am now the CEO of this podcast. You are. You, uh, you Oh, I yes. lost succession. You huh? lost succession. I lost I the won. game of succession. You did. I won. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh, today, we've got a great episode for you uh, featuring our spoiler review of succession up until the very end. So um, the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for every part. Yeah. And uh, non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Very nice, Holden. That one movie podcast. Tomp. But first to me, we've got to do the toms. Oh boy, let's do some toms. Tom's is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Hold on. I don't know who any of those Tom's are. You don't? No. Why? I I guess they're not that famous. Oh, okay. Well, they're mildly famous Toms then, I guess. I'm glad how you just completely ducked away from the microphone when you said that. So nobody heard it. Like you just probably just went completely silent for half of that. I had to get a drink so. of water. Yeah. But then you, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> just listen back to it and see what the audience goes. You probably, you know, they probably could see hear you, but it was really quiet. Holden's not used to the new microphones yet. I'm not. No, he never like, listens. He never goes back and, and listens to us. I'm like me, where I, I just put it on a loop over and over until I slowly go insane. Yeah, he listens to it a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> um, but first, Jimmy, we have a trailer to do. Let's do uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Teenage Mutant Mayhem Ninja Turtles. Yes, basically, as you could say. It is a beautiful looking movie, obviously mm-hmm. inspired by Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and across the Spider-Verse. You can see that they well, definitely more inspired by into the Spider because, you know, it's made before across. Well, the Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Holden. The Spider-Verse movies. It's inspired by those. Sure. It's in, in Spider-Verse by those. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that unique animation style that really changed the game five years ago. Um, it's gorgeous. I think it looks really, really good. Yeah, it's, a, it's even like more of a painted Look, I think it it has a very nice aesthetic, especially like the darker scenes, all the, mm-hmm. the lights. It's got a lot of that neon pop and it almost has like a claymation sort of element to it at times. I think it's yeah. really, really cool looking. I don't really know how to describe the animation style for this. Very, very bold outlines. I, I, I think like the closest thing I could think of is something like Borderlands, but it's, sure, it's a I lot more, that. yeah, it's a lot more dark, like colored in than that, but it's in terms of like the 3d models and stuff. Um, but like frame rate wise and everything, it's definitely spider verse, you know, lower frame rate and everything. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's very unique, at least. Yeah, and it all—it also is very much like they're kids. They're like teenagers. They're talking yeah. about, like, you know, teenagers are talking about what they would do if they weren't mutant ninja turtles. Like, oh, I'd be in yeah. high school. I'd hopefully have a girlfriend. Oh, no shot. You wouldn't have a girlfriend. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of that playful banter. And the chemistry between them seems to be really good. There seems to be a lot of interesting thoughts mm-hmm. and a lot of creativity behind this. 
and you would hope for something that looks so beautiful and looks like so much care was put into the that the visual side sure. hopefully that that care was put into the story as well we have some sort of like super fly or whatever it's called yeah super fly seems to be the villain yeah of a team of mutants mutant animals they're placing it we'll see how it plays out but hopefully the story can live up to the quality of the animation itself mm-hmm. because if it does then we're just ushering in an, another exciting animated really movie. franchise that hopefully can uh, fill in the spider voice spider verse void once that trilogy ends early next year yeah yeah well and as uh, so you mentioned the teenage thing and i think we mentioned it last time we talked about the trailer it's it, they they seem more like teenagers than any other version of this that i've seen at least that i can remember like the live action movies they, they're like they're like eight feet tall or something yeah. like they're so big and they probably have got like like big voice actors like a Chris Evans or something. I don't know if Chris Evans is in that movie. I but, don't yeah. But like it, these are like actual kids. They feel like the youngest that I've I've seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So really living up They're to like that 13 name. year old yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, actually like, just barely teens. <laughs> uh, I think it looks good. I'm going to give it a Brokaw. Yeah, I agree. Brokaw for me as well. All right, Holden, enough trailers. I'm done with it. I don't want to do any more for a week. We're done. Yes. Okay. Thank goodness. Because I might have had an episode. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, what do we got first one? Uh, first up for other news, uh, we have some Spider-Man news, which I put up top just because we're talking about Spider-Man this week. Um, so, in a uh, interview with Variety, Amy Pascal, the producer of the Spider-Man series for uh, Sony, uh, said has officially said that Tom Holland's Spider-Man Four is in the works. Which, I mean, we pretty much knew already. Why wouldn't they? You know, highly successful last movie. Of course, they're going to do that. Money, cha-ching, cha-ching. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's currently on hold for the writer's strike. Uh, mm-hmm. so, meaning, and they indicated that it's in the writing stage right now. Um, Amy Pascal's exact quote was, are we going to make another movie? Of course we are. We're in the process with the writer's strike. Nobody is working during the strike. We're all being supporters. And whenever they get themselves together, we'll get started. That's nice. Yeah. I'm excited. I want to see another one of these. I like Tom Holland a lot. I like Spider-Man a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a Brokaw. I'll also give it a Brokaw. Uh, and then the other piece of Spider-Man news is in that same interview, uh, Amy, uh, said that there's going to be a live action Miles Morales movie in development. This was in response to a question where they had or where Variety asked if we we're going to be seeing a live action Miles Morales movie and like a Spider-Woman movie and she responded just by saying you'll see all of it. It's all happening. It's all happening. Anything <laughs> that can make us money will make us money. That is very not surprising at all that they're going to do a live action Miles Morales. Uh it's honestly surprising that it's taken this long. Yeah, maybe uh, they're just trying to let the Spider-Verse movies breathe first. No, I think they just didn't get around to it yet. I mean, it's incredible how fast Miles Morales exploded onto the scene for me because I didn't really, I don't really follow along with the comic books, so I didn't really know anything about him until I think it was the 2018 Insomniac game where he was kind of like a, oh, yeah, side, a side character, character that they kind of introduced mm-hmm. in that. I'm like, oh, I learned a little bit more about him. And then obviously Into the Spider-Verse came out. Or was that the other way around where Into the Spider-Verse was first? It, no, no. PS4 would have come out first because Into the Spider-Verse was like December when they okay. came out. Okay, so. just a few months yeah. from each other. And obviously Miles Morales being the main character of that movie uh, just is, it's an exciting time. Miles mm-hmm. Morales is a great character, I think. Great. He got, even got his standalone PS4, PS5 game and is going to be a huge part of the sequel. Yeah. So exciting times, exciting to see a live adapt, live 
adaptation version of that character, more of that character. I'll give it a Broca as well. Yeah, it uh, it also brings up an interesting conversation. I saw it, someone mention this uh, online when I in like response to this news. Like, I wonder if like in the next 10, 15, maybe a little bit longer years, if Miles Morales is going to be like the definitive Spider-Man for like the younger generation. I could see, I could see, yeah, Tom Holland, Peter Parker kind of retiring mm-hmm. and then uh, Miles Morales becoming the Spider-Man of the MCU. Like that seems very logical to yeah. me because Tom Holland's is kind of already stated he wants to do something else. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to be the logical step. I think it's it's a good idea for Disney and Marvel to be getting on this now, mm-hmm. finding a good Miles Morales uh, to take over that mantle. Yeah. And then that way we can have Spider-Man around for that, that, you know, whatever phase seven or whatever, yeah, the MCU where we, eventually. whenever we get to that, I don't know. Do you think it'll be a multiverse thing where they introduce him or do you think he'll actually be in the whatever? Earth, I think he'll be whatever. in the universe. I in feel like universe, that okay. would make most sense. It's, it seems like for most of Marvel and the MCU stuff right now that they're keeping like a lot of their mainline stuff in the one universe. Like they might, I mean, they'll travel to a different universe, have a multiverse of madness or whatever, but pretty much everyone is, from this one universe. I would, I would be surprised if it's not that way. Yeah. All right. So exciting stuff. I'm yes. looking forward to it. I cannot think of a person off the top of my head who would be good. Cause I, I would like They'll to see probably like just get a young unknown. actor. Yeah. I mean, do a Tom Holland again, you know, Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> Idris Elba. There we go. I'm Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teenager. But yeah, <laughs> dad, I don't want to go to my school. That's pretty good. He'd have a British accent, but he's still from, from <laughs> Brooklyn or whatever. <laughs> and then Jason Statham can be Peter Parker. That'd be good. And I'm not going to try to do a Jason Statham. No, it's just come out like Mike Herman Trout again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miles Morales. That's just, pretty good, Jason. Statham. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, bro I like to drive my, drive my Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Drive your Jaguar, Miles Morales, and I'm Spider-Man. Speaking of things that uh, Jason Statham is in, uh, I'm going to be talking about some fast X. The Meg 2? Yeah, the Meg 2. There we go. No, we <laughs> talked about that. Was that last week we talked about that? That was like two weeks ago, I think. It just blends together. Boy, the Meg news. Yeah. <laughs> so much Meg news. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this next piece of news is a spoiler for Fast X. Since it's just a couple weeks away out of it, I'm just going to put that right here. All right, spoiler alert for Fast Ten. Fast skip, X. Skip forward <laughs> twice, thirty seconds, a minute, you know, whatever, and then you'll be just f- until we're done minute. talking about it. One it's, minute. It's up to you to figure out one, when we're done. <laughs> figure it out. I'm not putting it in the time codes. <laughs> one minute. Just skip ahead. You should be fine. Anyway, uh, so at the end of Fast X, the uh, the mid credits scene, it was revealed that The Rock is back in the Fast and Furious mm-hmm. movies, and he actually came out on social media this week and had some comments about it, uh, kind of clarifying some stuff. Uh, he had a whole Twitter video. I watched it. It was just the rock Twitter video where he's, you know, selfie cam and he's just, Hey guys, everything's great right now. I'm going to be the president one day. Yeah. That kind of thing. But, uh, just kind of some highlights. He's so he said that he and Vin Diesel had apparently squashed their beef last summer. And he said that they're going to be moving forward in the series, uh, to lead with quote brotherhood and resolve and put the fans first. Nice. So. As opposed to beef, their squash, which they would have taken hamburger meat and, it's inserted into a squash. Yeah, that wouldn't have been as effective. No, it would not this, have been. But it would have movie. been maybe tasty, maybe disgusting. That sounds gross to me. It does sound gross to me. <laughs> I don't know. You put um, weird things in a turkey. Why not put weird things in a in squash? A, why not? 
sound logic there. <laughs> but look, it's it's all about family. It is, yeah. Sure, great, Brokaw. But um, he also said that the next Fast and Furious movie that we're seeing is apparently a standalone Hobbs movie. Did you see that? No. <laughs> He's, so he said this was in the description or like the actual tweet itself. He said that the next the next Fast and Furious movie we're going to see is a standalone Hobbs movie. Didn't say Hobbs and Shaw 2. Just said Hobbs. I and would then be in it, but I'm too busy driving my Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Jason Statham. It's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you, Shaw, for for telling <laughs> for telling us why he's not here. Uh, but apparently, that's going to lead into Fast X Part Two. Is what he called it. Um, Fast Ten Part Two. Did he say Fast X? I don't. I don't think he said. It. If he, he did, said he's it. out. I don't Get know what out. he said in You're the video. Out. I was just Rock, reading. This is what it said in the the tweet itself. But uh, there's no timeline on this or anything. But apparently. We're getting a, a highly anticipated Hobbs standalone movie, Jimmy. Do you think there was just a nice masculine hug between the two of them? Yeah, they did. It's good to have you back, brother. Oh, I meant to send you. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you the video later of uh, Vin Diesel and The Rock. Have you seen that clip from like the Fast and Furious movies where they're standing next to each other? No. Okay. It's so funny, but it kind of reminded me of maybe what they did for this. Um, but yeah. Nice. Are you excited for a Hobbs movie? Sure. Sure. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a brocaw. Give me more Fast and Furious content. Okay, that was more. That was more than a minute. Hopefully, you didn't get anything spoiled. Yeah, sorry. Whatever. If you did, if you got, if you hadn't seen Fast and Furious ten yet, you probably don't care. You probably don't that care so much. But uh, anyway, next piece of news: uh, Martin Scorsese's next movie is apparently about Jesus. Um, he no, uh, it's a Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, okay, hasn't after come that, out after that movie. <laughs> Apparently about Jesus. Jesus he, is killing all these people <laughs> God, in, in Oklahoma. It's a pretty bold move of Martin Scorsese. Uh, yeah, I would say that's pretty insensitive, personally. <laughs> he uh, so apparently after Cannes, he attended the Global Aesthetics of the Catholic Im- Imagination Conference and had a private meeting with Pope Francis. Um, he had a quote that said, I, I have responded to the Pope's appeal to artists in the only way I know how by imagining and writing a screenplay for a film about Jesus, and I'm about to start making it. Um, he already did that. Yeah, he already a, made <laughs> silence. He already did that. It's a good movie. Well, I also he also I, didn't didn't he make Tim the last, yeah, last temptation, temptation of Christ. Christ. He literally made a movie about Jesus. <laughs> so he's I, got at least two movies about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I don't he's know. He's got to finish the the trilogy. Of yeah, the antho- anthological trilogy. Maybe he is taking over from Mel Gibson, making the Passion of the Christ too. Maybe that's what's Passion happening. of the Christ three. Yeah, there we go. Revelation. (laughs) 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 Jesus Christ, just come back. The end times. Do you do you have thoughts on a new Martin Scorsese Jesus movie? (laughs) Well, I don't I don't know what it's about, Olden. Frankly, (laughs) Uh, his last Jesus movie, Silence, was pretty good. So I guess I'm going with the Brokaw again. Why not? I haven't seen any of his Jesus. You know what? I prefer. I think I I would take another Jesus movie at this point over another gangster movie. Really. Oh, I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I, I've seen gangster movies, not my favorite genre. That's fair. And I feel like we've Jesus already movie your favorite genre. It, I guess it's uh, <laughs> I feel like the Jesus movie, the quality of Jesus movies we've gotten is not to the same caliber of the 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 uh, the uh, gangster movies that we've gotten. Like we've already gotten Goodfellas. Plenty, we've already gotten the Godfather. Movie. Like we don't need the Irishman was really good. Right. We don't. They've already like perfected that. Let's sure. see. Let's see. a a perfect Jesus thing, you know, because he was perfect. So he should make a perfect movie, right? There you go. There you go. 
Uh, sure, Putting I a said little bronco. religion in here. A little religion. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have faith. The cross necklace. <laughs> I don't know. Fast ten was pretty religious. That's true. It was. So they almost where, blew up the Vatican. That's true. He <laughs> saved it though. Yeah, he did. With physics. Um. Yeah, I don't know. For me, this is probably a Bergeron. I don't really, uh, really have a strong opinion. I guess on this, It'll, it's a new Martin Scorsese movie. So good. I, I, I just like to think that would be everybody's reaction to meeting the Pope. Like Quentin Tarantino goes and meets the Pope and he's like, I just want to make a movie. I want to make a movie about Jesus Christ now. That's <laughs> <laughs> not sound like Quentin Tarantino at all. It's pretty good. That's a good Mike Ehrman trap. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at there. Holden, cool. you got How to Train Your Dragon, live action adaptation. What's going on? Yeah, uh, so we had already talked about they're apparently making live action How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, it's being directed, I don't remember if we mentioned this last time, it's being directed by Dean DeBlois. I don't know how to Dubois, say Dubois, it. probably. It's weird. Uh, but he's returning as director. He directed all three of the animated movies, apparently. Um, but we have a couple of casting updates. Uh, Mason Thames or Thames. Thames, Thames probably. Yeah, whatever. Guessing Thames. Uh, will star as Hiccup, who he's the uh, main actor from The Black Phone, apparently. Okay. Um, and Nico Parker, who is Joel's daughter in The Last of Us, is starring as Astrid. Oh, she was really good in that. So yeah. Nice. I'll give it to Broca. I don't understand why they're making this live action, but... Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll be good. Those animated movies are are very fun and yeah. and good looking themselves. I don't think they need a remake, but especially this soon. But yeah, it's pretty soon for that. So I guess yeah. if you want to usher it in for another generation, I don't know. I feel like those those movies are probably pretty popular among the ch- the chillins now. Yeah, probably. So I. Uh, Broca, I guess. I'll give it a Broca. A less good, enthusiastic good Broca. Yeah, it's not. I'm not like eager to see it right now, but good casting. So there you go. Um, we got some Disney shenanigans. When don't Jimmy we have Disney win. shenanigans? Hardly ever. That really. mouse is just always. He's up to something. Up to something. <laughs> He's just into that no good stuff. Um, but apparently, removing the content from Disney Plus and Hulu is giving Disney a 1.5 billion dollar tax write off. That's a chunk of change. That is right a chunk there. of change, which I know uh, with when HBO did it last year, we were aware it was like for tax write-off reasons, but we didn't really have like an amount as far as I remember. But this is quite the number and apparently a lot of, and I'm sure it's more complicated than just this, but a lot of it stems from not having to pay residuals on content that isn't available to people. Mm. So I don't know. That's, that seems kind of crappy to me. Uh, the amount could actually increase if more content is purged. So there's a good chance that more is going to, do that before the end of the year. More is just going to be gone. Okay. Um, uh, interesting. I guess the money saving thing. Again, here's an idea. How about you just don't make really expensive stuff that nobody's going to watch? Disney, exactly. you're not as bad at this as uh, some other streaming companies I know of. Netflix, looking mm-hmm. at you. But um, Netflix hasn't removed content as far as I can tell, unless it's like, a, except for like the Marvel stuff. But that went to Disney Plus yeah. then. So, but I mean, yeah, look, it's not like they're going to remove like their Marvel series. Right? No, it's not like, like the big it's things like, aren't going to go. Oh away. no, Hawkeye is gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, oh our tax write off. But yeah, I mean, like big stuff like that. That and Star Wars, of course, they're not going to get rid of that because it's just like, especially like Marvel. It's like yeah, I mean, the idea is you're supposed to watch it all to stay up to date. But like, it's all big enough that I'm sure people probably watch it regular do people watch hawkeye regularly i don't know every christmas annual <laughs> tradition look 
the stuff I am going to watch on Disney Plus is going to be on there. I sorry, I don't need to watch the Jeff Goldblum show um, that mm. I heard was not that good. Um, I watched mm, one ah, episode and mm, it, yeah, it was kind of just meh. Mm, ah, well, look at these mm, Tostitos. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I, have not, I, don't, I don't remember what happens in the show because I haven't seen it, obviously. He just but. he just goes around the world and interacts with random things and, and does basically <laughs> that. So that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna do another Jason Statham bit, but <laughs> we need <laughs> to keep run this rolling. Can't run it dry. No, <laughs> gotta save it for a later day. Yeah, you gotta end on a high, which I obviously was <laughs> yeah, doing earlier. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. Now, look, Disney Plus, anything they're gonna remove, I probably don't really care about. Stinks for the people who made it. Yeah, but that's- I guess it's a, it's a business and streaming service. I feel like these major companies are still figuring out how streaming services work. Uh, especially, I mean, Disney Plus has still only not even been around for four whole years. So yeah, I'm wow. still I'm still thinking that they we've been around longer than Disney Plus. <laughs> that's true. This podcast <laughs> and look how much money we make, Holden. Yeah, so, right. I mean, come on, Disney, figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they're still figuring out the kinks of this, and obviously, they've had two different CEOs during that time, and one of them just apparently didn't tell the truth about yeah. certain things. So <laughs> um, we'll see what happens there. I think. Uh, it's a Bergeron for me. Uh, good for them from a business sense. Again, uh, as a viewer, it doesn't really impact me, so Bergeron there, but it does stink for the people who actually made the thing. Hopefully, it is available in some other medium like um, like mm. a Pluto or a Tubi, or maybe it's actually even more accessible now. So I hope it just doesn't disappear because that would be a bummer. Yeah, that's. I, I think it's a bombadil for me just because I feel bad for the those that aren't going to be getting paid residuals, what little there may be that's for true. those shows. And um, yeah, it's just I don't like content going away. Got to take to the high seas if you want to watch Jeff Goldblum uh, you know, watch, mm, ah, ah. interact with the world, I guess. Mm, mm, <laughs> ah. Hey, guys. Uh, mm, uh, thank you for uh, having me on uh, That One Movie Podcast. Uh, Thank you, Jeff, for being here. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you. I think your Jeff Goldblum's better, though, Holden. Probably. I'm not going to do it right now. Oh, come <laughs> on. All right. I tried. Uh, <laughs> next thing we got on here, Studio Ghibli Ghibli. Yes. One of the two. I, I call it Ghibli. It's um, like GIF GIF. Yeah, it is. But it's definitely GIF. No, it's it's GIF. I don't know. Most people say GIF. I think the creator says GIF. So say what you will. Anyway, Ghibli. Here we go. Um, so their next movie coming out is a new movie from Hayao Miyazaki, their most well-known director who did like Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, a lot of that stuff. But his new movie, How Do You Live, um, is coming out July 14th in Japan. It's not going to have any promotional materials ahead I, of it. I saw this. No <laughs> like, trailers. No trailers. Not, well, here, what do they mean by no promotional material? Because you at least like would, I feel like you could have a cool marketing campaign of like, just a picture of him and just like, here's the movies he made. He's making a new one. It comes out this time. Mm -hmm. It's his last one. And just do like a viral campaign that way and just be like, what's it about? Or it'd be funny to like make a bunch of fake trailers (laughs) of just things that it's like just ridiculous. That's not it. It's like this movie is not this or something. It would be cool to do some sort of viral marketing campaign that way. But if they're literally doing nothing, absolutely nothing. They have a, they have a poster and that's it. But the poster really doesn't give away much. 
So, so it's, well, see, that's not nothing. Dude. Yeah. A poster is not nothing. You got to commit to it. If you're going to do absolutely nothing, do absolutely nothing. But see, that would be stupid. See, I, I'm okay with, with how they're going about it, though. So they, they um, the producer on the film, Toshio Suzuki, said this, um, said everyone is drowning in information nowadays. Sometimes people go see a movie just to check the information they already know. Um, from what was revealed during the movie's promotion. That is giving too much to customers, and it's like they're being deprived of what really makes it fun. So I don't know. I think the idea, it is very novel, especially since we always talk about trailers and everything, just not having that available. Well, the best trailer is the one that gives you the tone, the mood, without giving away any of the plot. Yeah, and that is, and and I I always appreciate that, but I'm kind of excited for this movie that I do want to see that I just... I'm not going to know anything about, but at the same time, since the, it's coming out in Japan in July, there is a good chance that it's us release. will have a trailer later on. So that yeah. might just be for Japanese audiences. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's an interesting concept. I'm going to mm-hmm. go Bergeron. I'll go Brokaw. I think it's really cool. We'll see if um, it costs them money. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll skip that Barbie news because we have a lot. There's lots. no p- pink paint left, Holden. You can't paint in your bedroom, okay? Yeah, apparently there's Barbie no pink used paint all because the pink of Barbie. Paint. All right, there you go. There you go. Um, what was this you wrote down about Tom Cruise, Jimmy? Tom Cruise is mad that Mission Impossible 7, Holden, is getting kind of booted off IMAX screens before he thinks it should be, all right? Because Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer has mm-hmm. like exclusivity from July 21st on for like three weeks. So there's a long time to have Because there's like screens. nothing else after that. They don't need IMAX really. Um, and Mission Impossible has it July 12th through the 20th. So like nine days. Mm-hmm. And that is not enough for Tom Cruise. So he's like demanding that Oppenheimer be pushed back a week, essentially, is what my understanding from it. And yeah. look, I get it. Like, it's a bummer for you to work hard on this movie and, and launch yourself off a cliff in a motorcycle like a dozen times. But I don't know. I like <laughs> Tom Cruise. Do you really, I'm not going to feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to feel bad for you, Tom Cruise. Like no. you have enough money. <laughs> Your beliefs are very interesting. <laughs> uh, and I don't agree with them personally. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you can call him crazy. Tom, Jimmy. <laughs> Look, I don't want the Scientologists. That's after true. Us they might. All right. They could her, derail this amazing thing we have going on here. <laughs> all right. Um, so I, I don't feel bad. Christopher Nolan, look, he's been like an IMAX champion since like day one, mm-hmm. too. So, like, I, I don't know. Did he do anything before the Dark Knight with IMAX? I, I He's just been no, an IMAX so. guy forever. So, mm-hmm. like, if, if you are going to lose out to someone for three weeks, it's him. And I don't know. Mission Impossible will make plenty of money, I think. And it's not like it's Dead Reckoning Part 2, the final one. Yeah. So, got another one to go. Why don't, yeah, Paramount, you could, Paramount could just move the release date back, but <laughs> I don't know. See, honestly, my, my only takeaway with this is uh, we need more IMAX screens. There you go. It's, we don't have one around here. We don't here, have one. So. Yeah, it doesn't really affect us. It's just kind of funny watching this uh, controversy, quote unquote, unfold. Yeah. Bergeron for me. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Hold on. Maybe a little Tog, but it's still Tomp a little bit. I don't know. It's like a Kind of in between. In between. It's a, it's a Bergeron. It's, it's this is a Bergeron of Toms. <laughs> uh, but it was a big week for VR slash AR. First off, we had Meta, uh, Facebook, uh, announced <laughs> the new Meta Quest 3, uh, which is going to be 40% slimmer. 
All right, in the front, which is probably going to be a lot ni- a lot nicer because it help with the balance, sure. make it feel a lot more Less comfortable. Bulky. I imagine um, it's got double the GPU processing power of the MetaQuest Two. Uh, slightly higher resolution displays, uh, but the bigger upgrade here is that it's instead of a Fresnel lens, it's uh, going to be a pancake, which I think increases uh, the the lens. It increases like the sweet spot in it, so it's not oh, okay. as like finicky. Um, so some advantages, some disadvantages to that, but people seem to really like them. I think the PSVR one is a pancake lens, okay. but I don't know how important that is because <laughs> the resolution on those screens are not necessarily good. <laughs> um, but the other kind of big upgrade here is full color pass through for the cameras. Mm. So it's going to be VR, but it also will have more like AR capabilities sure. as well. Augmented reality, kind of seeing the, the world as it is Around and interacting you. with virtual things in our world, our reality. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what my rift S I use at home, anytime it, you know, it looks through, it's all gray and, and kind of blocky and everything just doesn't look very good, but that'd be kind of cool if you, if, AR mm-hmm. technology stuff. Um, controllers now have haptics built in, so a big upgrade there for them. Uh, it's going to cost four ninety nine for the base model with one hundred twenty eight gigs, or for fifty extra bucks, you can get the two hundred fifty six gigabyte model. Sure. Noteworthy with this is Meta also announced a software update that's going to increase the MetaQuest Two's performance by like twenty percent, wow. which is interesting. Okay. And they also dropped the price back to two ninety nine which is what it was uh, before, before the, the controversial yeah. price hike. Yeah. But I think either of these models is actually going to be pretty solid for anybody looking to get into the VR game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've thought about getting into the meta quest um, just because that's, I mean, that's what they're going with now. And, I don't know if I can personally justify getting PSVR or anything, especially since there's a lot of PC games I want to play with mm-hmm. VR. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is tempting, especially since it's going up to like that 256 gigabyte and you know, plenty of space on it. I don't know. Yeah. I have to think about it. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. The other big one, Apple, just a couple hours ago, basically. Well, yeah, right when before we, we started. When we are doing this podcast on Monday afternoon is uh, they uh, announced the Vision Pro, the Apple Vision Pro, their AR VR headset that has been rumored for several years. Mm-hmm. And um, it is <laughs> it is interesting to say the least. It is going to be a conversation starter for a lot of people. Yikes. But uh for one, it's the resolution of the screens is insane. It's 4K per eye, which mm-hmm. is like I mean, literally like quadruple the the PSVR two that I have. I'm pretty sure uh, it's pretty Add it together. You got 8K. That's how yeah. it works, right? Yeah, there you go. Add it together. <laughs> um, but like, so when you're actually doing like you're looking at things in VR, it's if you see a like a two dimensional screen, it will actually be 4K. Mm-hmm. It won't it, it won't be blurry. It will actually be crisp which is going to be a big feature for this. Um, so I'm guessing it's got to just look incredible. Sure. I don't think they said OLED or anything, so I don't know about the black levels, but I, mm. I would guess the color, Apple's really good with color, so I'm, I'm guessing that'll I be can't good. Imagine they, <laughs> I can't imagine they're going to skimp out on it for a, well, we'll soon reveals the price. Yeah, <laughs> um, but essentially what looks really cool on this is just, so the, the UI is basically, it seems like you kind of have three kind of default panels that you can add some things to, different widgets, different mm-hmm. apps and stuff. You want to browse the internet. Um, but then the, the the parts that I was interested in was like a huge movie theater, which you can do with other VR headsets, but like mm-hmm. the, the quality of the screen is at best like 1080p. So it's not ideal for me. I'd rather just watch things on my screen that I have. Whereas this was like maybe 
legitimately like a really nice looking screen. Sure. Um, and you can blend it in with different environments and that sort of thing. Bob Iger <laughs> came on to say like, oh, here's something we're doing with Disney. And they showed this whole montage of different things. But one of the things is like you could watch the Mandalorian and like Luke's land speed around Tatooine at night. Wow. Isn't that neat? That's but they, so had a, cool. they had a bunch of cool concepts in, in Disney's little trailer. They had like you're watching a basketball game and you can like see the court and the players like actually like miniature below you so you can see like what's happening on the screen here but then also like this kind of 3d mode and all these graphics for when people are scoring and stuff it was pretty cool technology and you can see how this would be the future of stuff Mm -hmm. but also (laughs) the thing cost thirty five hundred dollars holy smokes i was thinking like i was thinking like Watching this, I'm like, you could get some people for fifteen hundred, but it's Apple, so it's gonna be two grand. And then they said thirty five hundred. I'm like, no way. Uh, this is Not gonna be happening. Uh, this is gonna be a thing that uh, is gonna be a few years down the line before this is a uh, commonplace. I think. Well, I I saw and what briefly I was able to look on the internet before um, before we started recording. I saw a lot of people comparing this to like Google Glass. Yeah, that, a little bit. Like, and obvi- I mean, obviously, this is more advanced several years later and everything, but there's a lot of people are speculating that this is just going to come and go and not make any impact just with that price point. Yeah, really? Google Glass made waves back in the yeah, day. Yeah, right. If you don't I remember know what that, that. Is, <laughs> do, They, like, didn't... I think they, like, parachuted down and, like, biked in and whatever, and they're recording it on their Google Glass. You're like, what if you could see the weather in the top right corner of, of your, your glasses? Yeah. <laughs> um... But the the interesting thing about the design of this is the whole front is like this curved glass piece. It kind of looks like if you took uh, a quest, three, you know, two or three or whatever, mm. and blended in with like s- snowboard goggles, ski goggles, and it they look pretty cool. To be yeah. honest, it, it's a nice design. The whole thing is like it does look uh, it's tinted, very sleek, yeah, tinted glass on the front, but it has like pass through, so mm. you can like sometimes see the person's eyes i guess i don't know if it's like actually projected or if it's just like you can see through it but then if they're like watching a movie or something it will like have some sort of display going over it to indicate that oh this person is watching a movie so i shouldn't disturb them but if you if you really want to you can go up to them and like the cameras and the sensors on the outside will detect that a person's coming so like literally like open up that part of the vision for you um which is interesting uh so there's that. They, they can record like 3D video with this headset. So they're like, oh, it's my daughter's birthday party. And this guy's literally wearing this headset, recording this video of her blowing out the candles with her friends. And then apparently you can like watch it back in 3D. And it's like, it's like you're there, which it probably is. It's probably really cool. But who's going to be the, the dad <laughs> walking around yeah, the, the kid's birthday the party? Vision Whoa. Pro. But hey, look. The thing I would say with this is when the AirPods were first announced, everybody was like, that is the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. That was like the universal thing. That and is now, true, but uh, everybody's wearing AirPods. All right. AirPods and, and weren't like, $3,500, though. No, they were not. <laughs> so this is going to be, and it comes out like early next spring. Uh, other weird things with it is like 3D video calls. It like will like have like a 3D version of you, a virtual mm. version of you that I guess it's doing some sort of projection of your face, but the video calls seemed interesting. It was like FaceTime. You could like see a big screen of whatever you're working on. And then the, the floating screens like that, which huh. I see could be helpful. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, there's a lot of weird things here. No controllers. 
Oh, uh, yeah, all, that's right. It's, it's all... just a lot of pinching. Like, there's a lot of pinching going on. Just pinch, pinch, pinch. So watch out. If someone, you might get pinched if you're around someone with the Vision Pro. I do got to say, so I, I'm kind of... Dis- the one thing I'm disappointed about this is, like, it, it, it doesn't seem to be able to play games. You yeah, like, So that's the weird thing. So right? they are like, talked about Apple. I was waiting for them to talk about games. Because yeah. they're like, this is a crazy headset. You'd think there'd be some sort of game For this thing. amount of money, I want to be able to play VR games. <laughs> and it's just like, you can play Apple Arcade games wow. on your 2D screen. Ooh. And you got a pair of a PlayStation controller. Mm. They got like okay. some sort of external battery pack you can hook up to it too. It's like mag safe and just hooks on the end. And you just put it in your pocket, which I don't know. I guess that's kind of nice, but I feel like that would get undone relatively easily if you so. like swung your arm. I don't know. It just, it seems weird. There's not a bigger emphasis on the gaming side of it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I'd rather just buy a really nice TV for that amount of money. Yeah, get like, a nice TV and, uh, you know, a quest three and you're still spending less money. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's not like you can plug your PlayStation five into this thing mm-hmm. and game. It's like, okay, I have this nice tea for watching movies and stuff, but I can't use any of my gaming consoles it. on it or anything. Gotta so play Apple arcade. And then play it's like, angry Oh birds. honey, you want to watch a movie? And it's like, well, I have my headset and you don't also have a headset. Cause each one's $3,500. They, um, for glasses, they're like, oh, we're going to have like these magnetic pop-in things that we worked with. Those are going to be several hundred dollars, I bet, to pop in. So if you have glasses, you're going to be spending like four grand on this oh thing. Oh, my God. Before tax. So I don't know. This, it's On one hand, I can see the future of it. On the other hand, I'm like, I... It, there wasn't enough. That there's, I'm like, who is going to be getting this? Who is like, who is actually going to be getting Especially this? Especially just like right now with like inflation and it like just... It's hard enough for people to afford other things and not a $3,500 headset. I think at $1,500, there's a chance people get this thing. And yeah, and that's pushing it. And I think it's like a you have to really justify it. At $3,500, you just got to like have mm-hmm. money to throw around um, because that's ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I totally agree. It's the first generation of a thing. So hopefully it gets cheaper. It gets better. They find out what people want from it. And hopefully it, it pushes the other headset makers uh, that technology along. So it just, you know, a, a, what is it? The rising tide lifts all boats or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know what I'm trying to say. No, I get it. Whatever floats your boat. Sure. That's a That's different the same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll give it a Bergeron. <laughs> I feel like I, it is really cool, but I don't know. That $3,500 price point alone might make, give, make me give it a Bombadil. It'd be cool to I go f- to an Apple store to try it out. Yeah, for sure. I just, I, I feel like I foresee this being a, a failure in the sh- at least in the short term on their part. So I don't know. Bombadil, I think. Okay. Uh, just as a fun side note, uh, Hideo Kojima <laughs> made an appearance to say they're reporting Death Stranding to the Mac. Mm. And apparently uh, Apple's releasing a lot of new developer software. So porting games to the Mac should be a lot, lot easier than it was Thank before. God. So hopefully we get more Mac games that are run decently. That would be nice. Yeah, because as is, don't get very many. <laughs> but you can play Resident Evil 8, Holden. That's true. You can That's play true. that in like one of the Tomb Raider games. You can play them. At least that. At so least there's that. Those are like the two games we got, and we'll milk it for everything we've had. <laughs> um, but that was fun just to be like, I'm like, Hideo Kojima, Bob Iger. They were just Whoa. pulling out all the stops <laughs> for this one. But Holden, that is the news this week. Perfect. So we can dive into our in-depth 
spoiler kind of recap discussion of Succession season four. So if you yes. have not seen Succession, look at the time codes down in the description. Skip it. Skip it. Watch Succession. Watch Succession. All right, do it, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, then come back and listen to that, or uh, skip over it and then come back later. So we're gonna dive into Succession starting right now. All right, uh, Succession season four finished. The series finished mm-hmm. this last Sunday. Someone succeeded. Someone did succeed. Um, yeah, this is going to be, like we said before, full spoilers for the series as a whole. Um, but previously on the podcast, we had talked about, uh, up through the Connor's wedding episode, season four, episode three. So now we've got thoughts on the rest of the season Mm -hmm. coming your way. Um, I mentioned to Jimmy before this, I binged like half of the season in one night. It is, it, it is clouded together in my mind. And then like starting the very next day through up until now, I've had a very busy weekend. So I haven't like had a ton of time to like sit down and think about what I think about everything too much. Um, so I'm going to have to have Jimmy probably take charge okay. on this. <laughs> First off, if you want to see like a, a, a detailed breakdown of the finale, I did do a video on YouTube. So check that out. Mm. But um, again, just talking about things or, or storylines or things that we liked. I, I just really enjoyed the season after Logan died. I mean, I enjoyed it before Logan died too, mm-hmm. but I actually thought it was maybe even better afterwards. Personally, the whole, uh, the whole thing with with Lucas Madsen, Alexander Skarsgård, I thought he was just like a really good antagonist mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for the for the rest of the show. And I particularly liked the one where they go to where was it Norway or something? Yeah, it's I think it was Norway. It went for like the the company retreat, mm-hmm. and they're all feeling each other out, and they're like, "Oh gosh, I want to keep my job through this merger." So you <laughs> have like Tom and Greg going through that, but then you also have Shiv. Uh, kind of undermining the the brothers and, and uh, Kendall and Roman trying to get this deal done, but also trying to to, to blow up the deal. Yeah, at the same kind of time. doing their own thing. There's there's a lot of layers to it. Um, but I think I think one of the things that makes it interesting is because it's the first time this show really has like a clear antagonist, I guess. Like because I feel like the rest of the show, it's it's you know siblings against each other and everything, and there still is that here. But like it's a lot more. It's kind of satisfying to watch because it is finally the siblings coming together, and they're against this guy who is overall probably considered the antagonist as you said so i yeah, think it's I guess, just a, i mean it depends shift. on it depends on who you were rooting for earlier yeah because i mean logan can be like the villain a lot of times especially yeah. stopping like kendall from achieving things or yeah. yeah it depends on who you're rooting rooting for but yeah i just thought he was great uh the <laughs> like sending what is it bricks of his blood or something to yeah the, he's just his, it, his like aid is really weird he is a he is not a good person. No, at no, all. he's <laughs> he's such a weirdo, and he's he's like, I was I'm trying to remember how I described it to someone. He's like, pre- he like thinks he's pretentious, but he's just like annoying. Like he, he's he's like the guy who's like, oh, I don't care about any of this, but he's like, he's still the one who's like buying these million dollar homes and everything. Like he's very fake. He well, like yeah, puts like, on, he puts on like a face of just not caring about anything. Well, he's a complete facade. Cause they're even like, he doesn't even know how to code. Yeah. Like, he's just com- like, he just 
they, everything about him, his whole persona has been manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just surrounded by yes people all the time because he's super rich. Yeah. So everybody just Get sucks up to it. him and he just gets to live out this persona that doesn't actually reflect who he is. And who he is is actually this terrible Pathetic, person. just, yeah, horrible but person. on the other hand, everybody in the show is that. Pretty <laughs> so. terrible, yeah. It's just a matter of who you're rooting for and who's the least horrible at any given moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that too. It's like whenever I was rooting for one particular character, they would do something terrible. Like, oh, you know what? I would like to see Roman. And then Roman just starts firing people and just is awful to everyone. Yeah. And then you're like, well, maybe Shiv. But then Shiv just undermines everybody and she's just incredibly rude to, to Tom and then Tom's just incredibly rude back to her. I think I think in general I rooted for Tom the most. I think uh, I feel like everyone else like I, I maybe it's maybe that was just me getting used to the series but like it got to a point where I would get so used to like Roman doing something stupid or like Shiv doing something bad and Tom does that too but I feel like it's easier to root for Tom because he's also just like kind of an underdog character in a way like no one really takes him seriously mm-hmm. at all so i don't know uh yeah I, I, tom was always i, I said at the last discussion that tom was my favorite ep- character and I, I thought he was the best character in the show so yeah i before the finale like right before it started i was like it would be kind of cool if tom won but I'm, then i thought about no that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. and then and then like they set it up in the finale where like yeah uh, he, lucas he, is like i'm actually gonna you know i'm looking for someone you know not shiv maybe and <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh is this actually happening but then greg you know does the judas you know he reveals <laughs> the plan to, to kendall and then i'm like oh man that would have been cool and somehow it's it still ends up working out for him Tom yeah succeeding so that is what i had spoiled for me was that tom that's won. too bad I, I was angry about that yeah so sh- slight tangent i was just on facebook the other day you know doing the thing that's your first mistake yeah i don't know why i was on there but i i got an ad for the succession um facebook official facebook page and it just said like it was just a picture of tom and just said tom Wamsgams ceo or something like that i'm like it was posted like a day after the episode came out. I'm like, why is this an ad? I was so mad. <laughs> like I was doing so good staying away from it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's too bad. Holden. Maybe if you just kept up and watched it. Yeah, I guess. Not Wa- yeah, I have to watch it the night of apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we're just not going Facebook. I mean, you made two mistakes. That's there, true. So I, I feel a little bit bad for you, but I don't feel that bad for you. I, it's your, is that Tom Cruise over there? Oh, I don't have enough IMAX. <laughs> Only have nine days of IMAX screens. <laughs> I have zero, Tom. I have zero days of IMAX screens. Put this put this podcast on. We need an IMAX. IMAX camera for the the video pod. That'd be really good. We should get a, like a VR camera, so then someone people can experience us in VR. Yeah, well, we got one. We got to get the Apple Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. And, and then and then Emily can just stand back there and just just watch, watch. us the whole time <laughs> as we talk. Be quiet and just watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so just other things about this show. Um, the music is awesome. I just throughout. Oh yeah, I, I, of course. The, the theme is great. Mm-hmm. It, it just really adds to the the mood and and just the the tension builds through it. It's just a perfect complement for it. I love how it balances the classical with like the hip hop sort of yeah. motifs. I think it's really effective. I loved mm-hmm. um, Tom 
and Shiv's relationship. Yeah, you had especially the, in that uh, final season, how that evolves. Mm-hmm. And you have the, the the scene where they're out in the balcony, um, and they just <laughs> let it. They literally get to go get some air, and they let it all air out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Just kinda> nice. <laughs> but um, that was just like oh, a tough scene to watch. And yeah, because they were doing they were doing better. Well, yeah, like um, they're at the beginning of the episode, they're texting about like their amazing uh, nighttime sessions that they're having. Yeah. And, and then meetings by the by the end of the episode, it's just at the lowest point it could possibly be. But they're like still together. And yeah, the, it's yeah. it's probably one of the more interesting relationships just I've seen on TV in general because it is like they're kind of they. I think they they feel bound to each other just based on like their intertwining you know business relationships and everything in addition to their personal ones and so. There's some level of care there, but there's also just like they also just kind of hate each other. <laughs> it's like it's it's tragic because on one hand, I think it could have been a nice relationship mm-hmm. if if Shiv never did cheat on Tom with what's his name, the one the campaign Nate. guy, Nate, and and then they have the whole like prenuptial talk in the, in the right before their wedding, open marriage, yeah, open marriage thing, and and. That's the contract, and so Tom upholds that. Shiv upholds that, but then Shiv's like actually not okay with that mm-hmm. in reality. And Tom's like, "Well, what do you what do you want?" Like, <laughs> and uh, you know, Shiv is just the best at just destroying people, yeah. including and herself. Her, yeah, I was about to say, including I feel herself. like she does the best job of doing that to herself. I, her name is perfect because she literally just <laughs> shivs Kendall. She shivs Tom, and she shivs herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but. She yeah she she just basically destroyed Tom and and made him kind of turned him into one of the disgusting boys. Now look you know Tom is an adult man he can control his actions doesn't make it justified. Uh, but she also goes and obviously doesn't vote for Kendall in the finale, destroying his chance of of living out his dreams. So. Yeah, there's I mentioned it last time we talked about the show, but she's very headstrong, but I don't think she thinks she is. She like just makes she makes brash decisions and then has to like run with it. And she's she but I think she thinks she's a lot more methodical than she is. But it, a lot of her a lot of her big moves feel like knee jerk, like just, oh, I did this and now I have to live with the consequences kind of thing. I think she's just very overconfident. Yeah, in, that, in and her that, plans. that feeds and she's into always it. scheming and it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just blows up in her face. She thinks she's really good and would be a really good CEO, but then like you actually look at her track record and, and all these things in it. And she thinks she's playing other people when she's getting played yeah, all the exactly. time. And uh, look, I uh, Shiv may have been the best CEO of the three. I think Roman's probably the worst. Yeah, Roman's the worst. Ken, Honest- Kendall is Kendall's a wild card. He yeah. could have been really effective. <laughs> I enjoyed his speech with the whatever the live plus or what was oh, it called? Living, yeah living plus living plus that was great mm-hmm. i was basically and, and tom's like i gotta go out there you just promised them eternal life <laughs> i'm a waystar citizen you're a waystar citizen you're a waystar citizen <laughs> could you imagine at that point someone tells you like tom Wamscans is gonna be ceo right after that moment no i couldn't and i love well, like him becoming ceo and immediately all the old guard start sucking up to him you got yeah. hugo and you got frank and uh well gosh what's the other one uh carl carl um which i love them they're great I, too. yeah frank and carl are like two of my favorite characters <laughs> they're just like they're these two little guys that just they scheme and make little quips and everything and 
I they're they're probably some of my favorite side characters. And then you have Roman, who just he's like you know tries to puff up his feathers and look all big and tough, but he's just the most fragile and insecure of all of them. And he tries to like you know get rid of Jerry. Like, I don't need you anymore, Jerry. And she just puts him in his place completely. Mm. And he cannot handle seeing her or being in the same room as her. It's just uh, Roman. I, my, it was just such a roller coaster for me and Roman all season. Cause I'm like, at some points I'm like, he's the most rationally thinking person here. And then, then he just skewed completely to the opposite extreme. Yeah. He's kind of headstrong in a different way from Shiv where he, but that's kind of, what like Logan saw is his like strength. He like, he, I feel like Roman worked from a big place of like, I don't I don't know if I want to say like emotion or anything. He would just like make these Roman big decisions. does not care what other people think. I think yeah, Shiv yeah. is like, is like, I want to worry about perceptions and stuff. Roman does not care. Roman yeah, just does. Ro- Roman just, just Roman does, does what like feels right to him. And I feel like he does have a good gut in some ways for, for the business. Um, so he'll just make these random decisions that may seem erratic at first, but sometimes they do work out in his favor. I mean, but it's got, also it's his making bi- to win the election. Exactly, it's it's his biggest flaw though too. I think is oh, and yeah. everyone see everyone sees that as probably more of a flaw than a strength, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> he's he's also funny. He's he is funny. Good, he's he's probably one of the funniest. Good lines. And Kieran Culkin, his performance as Roman was exceptional. He seems to just be playing himself. I mean, I don't think he's like as much of a jerk in real life, but if you've seen him like talk in real life, his like mannerisms are just like the same. They are. But he said like he I think he really like there were a lot of emotional scenes for Roman and he's mm-hmm. like you could see him like in the inside the episodes after each one. I don't know if you watched them since you binged the, the final no, few, I didn't, I didn't watch but he's just like, I, he's like, I was just sad for like eight hours straight, like for a <laughs> month and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Cause nothing was actually real. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think he put a lot into his performance. Um, the performances in general, just phenomenal yeah, from literally great. everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Jeremy strong as, as Kendall was, was fantastic again. Uh, yeah. This season, especially his his big blow up in the finale, where he, Kendall just shows his real, true colors of like literally does not have a purpose in life without without the business. this goal of becoming the CEO. Even he, it's like he'd almost rather have the chance of becoming CEO for the rest of his life mm-hmm. than to just get locked out of it. Essentially, forever. yeah, he. Kendall is always the one that I've felt like would be the, I mean, I feel like he is the obvious pick and the show makes that known several times, but yeah, he just, there's there's so many times where he just like knocks himself down just because he's so, I don't know. I don't know how to describe his behavior erratic, I guess Mm -hmm. he does, but I don't know. Great performance. He's also probably the most understated out of all of them for the most part. Um, I also found it interesting. I was thinking about it after the finale ended, but like there's a strong like water motif with him throughout the yeah, whole series. Like that's, it's such a big part of his character. I mean, with him like getting in the car accident in the first season and almost drowning himself last season. And there's all the swimming. And of course the show ends with him looking out of water and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I Kendall is probably one of it, one of my favorite characters. I know I'm saying that for like all of these because they're all great, but he probably is like second or third for me just because I think it's like so hard to watch him half the time, but I think that's part of the appeal. 
Yeah, and I think so. Like Ted Lasso just finished too. What a week for television, by the way. <laughs> Succession, Barry, and Ted Lasso all ending within a few days of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the biggest things with Ted Lasso, which I just made a video on that final season, is they tried to give like every single character an arc, mm-hmm. and it just is a mess, and it doesn't work at all. Whereas Succession, like the side characters are 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 great, and they're great in Ted Lasso too, but they don't try to give them an arc necessarily. No, or if like they do, Frank it's really, Carl, it's just, they're, they're just, kind of one note yeah. characters, but they're, <laughs> they're really good dressing on the side mm-hmm. of this, this corporate setting. And I think that's what one of the strengths of succession is. They, they focus on the main characters. They do have all these things going on at once, but they don't overdo it ever. Mm-hmm. It's never like, I can't keep track of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is a good point. Yeah. Not every side character needs an arc every season. Um, a lot of them maybe had more things to do in earlier seasons, but they're still very welcome presences here. So. Yeah. And they're, yeah. They're just awesome. So good. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much all of them are funny. <laughs> yeah. They got their, they're, they're, I forgot how funny this show is. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many good, just one liners throughout that, you know, it's also too, and comparing it to Ted Lasso again, where it's like, one of my problems with the final season of Ted Lasso was like every joke felt written by somebody off screen mm-hmm. and didn't feel like a, some, a joke that someone would actually make up in the moment. Whereas succession, yeah, you have the witty jokes and stuff, but it's like someone would actually come up with that joke well, or they like, they'll, you know, flop the delivery a little bit when yeah. they're saying it. A lot of it's improvised. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that makes sense. A lot of it probably is come up with on the spot. Maybe these, these people, well, maybe that's, you know, why I made that comment about, you know, Kieran Culkin acting so similar to, you know, Roman. Maybe this is like how they respond to things in real life with yeah. jokes and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I I thought the, the humor was really good. The performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. I just think the overall like pacing and again, succession does an amazing job of like every season is just this consistent build of tension. Yeah. Every single episode leading up to this climax. Um and I guess we can talk about just overall, what was your general sense of the finale? I really liked it. And I, I had to go in depth about in my video, all, all the things I liked about it. But I would like to just hear your overall reaction. Do you think it was a satisfying conclusion to the show? I think it's satisfying. I may have had it overhyped for me a bit. I, I liked it. I, and I thought it was, I'm not sure I'd say I loved it. But at the same time, I don't know what I was like, if I would expect anything else. I don't really know if I have any qualms with it. Um, it's just I f- like everyone was saying how great of a finale of television it was uh, for a series, like a series finale. And it was it was very good. Um, I don't know. It just didn't quite click with me like it did a lot of other people. But like I said, I don't think I really have any issues with it. I like where it ended up and everything. But yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. I I, I did think it was quite very good. I actually ended up seeing it twice because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a, do it justice in, in my analysis of it. But I just really like how it kept you kind of on your toes the whole time. Like it literally introduces like, oh, Tom could be CEO now. Mm-hmm. And that conversation. A lot, yeah, a lot of random Madsen. last minute additions. But it, yeah, as you said, adds and, to it. And you had the really nice moment of the, the kids. Like when Shiv finds out, obviously she doesn't take it very well. But then they like they're they're the team and mm-hmm. they're gonna get you know it's them versus madsen and tom now sure and they're gonna try to figure out you know how to get it done and you have that whole nice scene the the meal for the king yeah yeah um, <laughs> and the roman licking the cheese oh i can't just i can't stop licking the cheese mommy and they're all doing their british accents uh except sarah snook who's actually british she's australian she's australian close you know close enough 
They Same. were British at one point. <laughs> I guess you could say that about, I don't know. About us, too. Yeah. Well, you know, Britain was like the entire world at one point, mm. almost. So, you know, everybody's a little... say that about anyone. <laughs> um, but they all, you know, the ones doing the, the accents. I thought, I thought it was funny. Yeah, um, I did, too. And it's just a nice moment. It's like the one moment of happiness before they just... before. Uh, Shiv just decides to change her mind. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I talked about in, in my video is like, what do you think uh, Shiv's motivation was? What do you think pushed her to do it? Because watching it twice, is, there's not like one moment where there's no. a shift. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I've only seen it the one time. Um, I feel like it, I don't know. I feel like it's her just, maybe this is like the easy out answer. It's just her taking a step back and looking at like Kendall and like Kendall is not the right way to go. And like, I feel like it's also her looking, I mean, I feel like she's had a reassessment this season, um, granted all of her troubles with Tom and everything, you know, may have thrown a wrench in it, but I think she's had a reassessment of Tom in general and his like ability to get things done and whatnot, because I mean, with how last season ended and how sly he was and that completely caught her off guard. Mm -hmm. I feel like her seeing that and whatever else he's done this season, maybe is like, okay, maybe Tom could do this. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think it's a multitude of things. Yeah, so I think it's like, I don't like Kendall. I'm upset that it's not me. I'm still upset yeah. about that. There's, yeah, there's Tom definitely some jealousy. will be the other person. So I ha- might have a little bit of control there too. A he's also in still, am, yeah. He's, I'm also married to him. So I do think it's, there's a, a bunch there's going on. There's some selfish angle there, I'm sure, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kendall literally attacks Roman and, and Shiv and he's like, it doesn't make any sense. You can just see the veins popping out of his head. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that was the best part of the episode because it was just like such a blow up. And it was, I mean, as you said, just a culmination of Kendall, you know, not having anything in his life, like mm-hmm. just being this pathetic man and um, ultimately not having anything afterwards. Yeah, and Roman just ends up right back where he started, just sipping some at a bar. And- yeah. I Seems think, content. Yeah. I th- oh, Roman is the one that I really has the epiphany of like, this is all just BS. Like, yeah, we, this is, a, he's like, going to get a bunch of money. He's probably fine with it. And yeah. Billions of dollars. Yeah. Each one of them, which again, to Kendall, it's like, he would trade it every, all of it. He would live in poverty just to be the CEO. Yeah. Just to like, he wants feel to feel like he was I even like, I think it's just like, even like thinking like posthumous, approval from his father mm-hmm. like it's sure. just like that is his main drive well that's just why the chance to show that he can do it and he never really got even got the chance which i think is like adds to the tragedy of his character that's why he gets so hung up on that that piece of paper with the the underline slash cross out oh, or yeah whatever. that's a great bit too. like that. like that pretty much definitely that, crossed out I'm yeah. team crossed out looking at it. I mean, I, I get the other argument because I have done that before underlining stuff, but yeah, it feels like crossed out. Um, but that one piece of paper just like derails everything essentially. Like it, it, it throws some, some ideas in Kendall's head that, Oh, back in that. Oh yes. He's the one that should be doing this. And this is just mm-hmm. affirmation that it should be me. And so then that kind of, it doesn't put a huge rift between him and Roman for a while, but it definitely pushes uh, um, Shiv away more. And it's yeah, yeah kind of the beginning of the end of their dynamic. Um, this is my last comparison to Ted Lasso, but this was just a fun fact that I don't know if people who watched both finales might've caught this, but so the, the mom, the person who plays the uh, Roy mom, that actress, Charlotte, is that her name? Or something like that. Yeah. She plays 
uh, Rebecca, who's the owner of AFC Richmond and Ted Lasso, her mom as well. Okay. And in the show, in succession, she tells the kids that they should sell and they should let the deal go through. And then the finale of Ted Lasso, she tells her daughter, you should sell the club. And so I just thought it was funny that this same actress playing this mother character was telling this person to sell it and mm-hmm. just move on with your life. I just thought it was literally within a few days of each other. So yeah, I, I thought that was a good. funny coincidence. <laughs> I don't know if people caught that. Um, and it's not really a spoiler for each one because not no. a big character in either show. Um, but that was funny. Um, other things to talk about. I just, uh, the funeral episode was on actually that I, that didn't resonate with me as much as it did for other people. I did enjoy it. I did like the, the, um, the speeches, Mm -hmm. the eulogies. I thought it was interesting to learn more about obviously Logan's background. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the, was it a sister, sister polio polio. and and coming over and, and during the war or whatever Mm -hmm. it was, that was a really interesting eulogy. Um, and, and then Kendall's response to it too and Roman's whole breakdown. Yeah. I I remember, I I mean, I thought Ewan's speech was good. Honestly, Kendall's speech I thought was was all right for Kendall. Um, I just, and Shiv's, I remember being like very like distant. It felt like very, it was just like my dad was a bad person, described a lot of the ways he was bad. Oh, but he was, he was a good father. Like throw that in at yeah. the end. It was, like, it was, I don't know, Shiv. I don't think he was. No, like, I just don't think he was a good dad. It was, yeah. Hers was easily the most like, I don't know if you should be saying this at a, at a funeral or anything, but yeah, they were all good. They're all good. In different um, ways. Shiv is going to be a terrible mother. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's it's partial. It's largely her parents' fault. <laughs> yeah, she did not have uh, good examples. No, um, but yeah, the nice moment of all of like Logan's exes and whatever. Yeah, mistresses I, I liked that a getting lot. together, and mm-hmm. that was kind of fun to see their interactions. And I guess one of them was like Brian Cox's actual wife. Oh, so. was it the the one we hadn't seen before? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was kind of a fun little Easter egg too. I um. I really think I know she wasn't in like the season that much, but like Carrie's like grieving acting was really good. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very convincing. Yeah, that was she was only in like a couple a few scenes post Logan dying, but it was like the most realistic it felt. Yeah, Um, I'm just uh, the uh, Greg. <laughs> I love uh, Tom just like putting the sticker on him from yeah. Connor's uh, the auction or uh, the way Connor that system that he made was actually genius for going through all the Logan stuff with the stickers. And you know, I feel like that's not original. I feel like I'd have never heard of that before, okay. but legitimately I thought it was a good idea. And I, I did not appreciate them mocking him. Cause I was like, this is a good idea for something that's a little complicated. So I mean, Connor, I thought it was funny that he's like, Oh, I, I went up, took a first pass. Oh whatever. yeah. That was, that was funny too. He took the, the medals or whatever. And then, and then Kendall and Roman are fighting over like one random like dagger or something. Yeah, they don't even nothing care about. much. Game on, brother. Whatever he says. <laughs> the uh, Connor. So Connor doesn't get a ton to do, but I, he did give me the one moment, and it was just like a random moment that I teared up at, and it was like I I don't remember if it was the election episode or the one before. Or like I think it I think the context was Roman was trying to get him to like drop out or whatever, which yeah, I know happened in those to two get episodes. To Mankin, yeah. So and Mankin like the states. And Connor's like, No, I'm not gonna do that because Willis says I shouldn't, and she's the one person that actually cares about me. Yeah. And I was like, I like tears came to my eyes in that like one instant. I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm, it's 
<laughs> I, I liked the bit where he was negotiating with Mencken for an ambassadorship. Yeah. And they're like, Slovenia's log. He's like, no, none of the slows. <laughs> <laughs> and what was uh, it he settled on? Was it Romania or something? Was, yeah, I can't. Some was random. it Slovenia? It might have been. I don't know. It was like know. Eastern European. They said it in the finale. I needed to watch it a third time, apparently. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was really funny. And Roman's like, I don't know, Willow, Mankin Knight got Knight not get elected. You might actually have to live with Connor. <laughs> the con heads. His con heads. This speech. He's like, America, you blew it. <laughs> he would have been a terrible president. He would have oh been. It was it was it was really funny though. His whole election subplot and yeah. It's, ultimately didn't really amount to much, but neither did Connor. <laughs> I love how he's like the least power hungry person, but he still like wants to be the president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the least power hungry of them. Um, and he's never once cared, once cared about like being part of the company. No. That's like never written. Not once in the sing- a whole series was a motivation for him. Not at all. So but, I did like that. But yeah, it's nice that Tom doesn't forget about Greg. He keeps him around, mm-hmm. maybe slashes his salary a bunch, Yeah, <laughs> but into, it was I would love the scene where Greg like uses the translator app to figure out what's going on because Greg is like Greg is like Tom and the fact yeah. that he be, he's an outsider who has no business and he just figures he learns the game. Well, and, and I think that's, that's great. I mean, that's ultimately why Tom keeps him around because he sees a lot of, of himself in Greg. But also, like, even though there was that Judas moment, I think that was, you know, Tom could see that as well played kind of move. Like, so mm-hmm. He probably has respect for that play, even if it, you know, could have adversely affected him. Yeah. Well, he does smack him in the bathroom. Yeah, he does. But it works out for him, so he can forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the moment where the 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 election episode where the the guy gets whatever Lacroix in his eye or what was it? no wasabi in his eye, and then uh, Greg pours the Croix over it. I'm trying to remember. You don't remember, remember this moment? I don't think so. It's like an all time great. Greg moment in the show. The guy's like he's he they have to like bring him out to talk on ATN during the election and he's like gets he accent gets wasabi like in his eyes. Uh and Greg like oh pours LaCroix over and like Greg, you're making no it's 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 eleven. It's it's not <laughs> I don't really remember that. It's no. really funny. Like you I should said, go back I, and rewatch so that much scene. of this in one night. <laughs> you should a- go back and rewatch that scene at okay. the very least. It's really it's a really good one. I can do that. Um poor Tom didn't get a lot of sleep. But he is just no. like the most just nothing of a CEO. He's like the least headstrong, most just do it, just puppet CEO. Obviously a puppet. Um, it, and, and Shiv does not realize that that is she. Well, she says like she tells Madsen like, oh, I'll be your puppet CEO. But it's like Shiv, nothing not you've ever yeah. done proves to anybody that you would just be a puppet CEO. That's literally the antithesis of your character. So Madsen's not say what you want about Madsen. He's not stupid. Mm. So he, he just basically uses her to get all this leverage up until the moment where he's like, well, let's just go with Tom. He'll just do whatever I said. Um, so, and then, and then Chip still lets him win. Yeah. And even though Tom, so even though Tom is like, not a good person. I do have to respect the fact that he ends up at top because he is also like 
he's also probably the hardest working out of like the main candidates because he's the one that's like at ATN, like tirelessly actually doing doing stuff and actually (laughs) doing things. Yeah. And he's like half of the show is just him miserable because he's like stressed out about things going on at his job. (laughs) He hardly has any time to think about anything else. Yeah. So (laughs) Tom's great. I'm glad he came out on top. Yeah. Team Tom. Team Tom. He's three fourths of the name of the podcast. He is. Tom, we, we should, we should, yeah, Tom should we put Wamsgans in there? Yeah, Tom Wamsgans. That's kind of a mouthful to say. Otherwise, I'd say we I'll give this a Wamsgans. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll replace Thomas two thumbs up Brokaw with a Wamsgans. There you go. Tom, Tom Wamsgans. No, no, don't bring it out too often. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I think just overall, I, I think this maybe even was the best season of the show. I, I need to go yeah, back probably. and rewatch it. I've only seen them once. I wanted to rewatch it before the fifth season, before I found out there wasn't going to be a fifth season, but oh, sure. I think, uh, I think this was the best season. I think it, it ended on a, a really high note. I w- I thought the ending was very satisfying, mm-hmm. uh, especially with Tom coming out on top, much more satisfying than game of Thrones. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> at least with who ended up in the, the top position that everybody was fighting for the entire series. What's well, and, but that's the other thing. Like I, out of any of the reasonable candidates, I don't think any of them would have been necessarily like unsatisfying. Yeah, dissatisfactory. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's all like, I mean, they're all bad people, so they all have their negatives. But I mean, you know, if if Kendall had gotten it, it would have been a little obvious. But, you know, if Roman had gotten it, it would have been kind of funny. And there's there's a lot of ways, you know, it could have worked out in other Greg ways. Greg pulling a Hail Mary. <laughs> Greg just makes it. I mean, there was part of me that like... I. I was like, there was a small part of me throughout a lot of the series. I'm like, what if Greg ends up there? It wouldn't make sense, but like, what if? Yeah. I don't don't know if I mentioned it, but I love how Tom and Shiv's relationship ends with just him like holding his hand out and Shiv just like Like barely laying it on there. I'm like, that's just a perfect visual representation of (laughs) where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the conversation of like, I don't know, Shiv, if I if I want to be in a relationship with you anymore, which is what he wanted for a long time. And but they're kind of, I mean, they're kind of stuck with each other since Shiv seems to be going through with the pregnancy and everything with yeah. Tom's baby. So like, yeah, to, to some is degree, they're stuck true? together. Yeah, that was a tough moment. To that watch. was yeah, very awkward. Tom just didn't believe Shiv because she's Yikes. lied so many times. Yeah, boy who cried wolf, Shiv who cried baby. Nice. <laughs> All right. Any other things to, to, to add, Holden? Um, I don't think so. I did like the the Logan green screen bits in the Living Plus episode. It's kind of him coming back. <laughs> well, for, double for the, the <laughs> revenue or whatever. And Greg's like, that was pretty good. Well, that was, and that was, uh, I, I liked that Greg bit too, where he's like yelling at the editor guy. Like, like you just, need to make him say this. You just need, I don't know how you're going to do it. You I just make it happen. If you don't do it. I'm going to get fired and then you're going to get fired and just make it happen, man. And it's just like, just like if you wouldn't be paying attention, I guess you wouldn't catch it, but that, you know, that it's edited. So you definitely see it, but it's, 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 close pre- enough. it's, it's pretty good for how impossible they were making it seem honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's not a whole lot else to say. Just right. feel like, did we miss any characters? I don't know. I think we've 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 gone, we've on, gone on long enough. So that is our in-depth recap of Succession. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you're watching this on YouTube, check out the full podcast linked in the description below. But if you are just watching the whole thing or listening to the whole thing, just continue on because we're going to talk about Across the Spider-Verse, non-spoilers first, and then we'll dive into mm. spoilers. Spoilers.
Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018. Um, I've got my synopsis. Hold on. Got your synopsis. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other Spiders. He must soon redefine redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. Holden, this yeah. is part one of two, Yeah, which is very important to know. Part one of two of Across the Spider-Verse. It's good to know that going in, I think. Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yes, some people in our theater did not know that yeah. going in. I think they left a little unsatisfied. A little unsatisfied. Yeah. It was like, what? What? Oh, what? I have, yeah, There's there are a couple reactions that I took note of. There was one that... Uh, I'll I'll probably have to mention it non spoiler in spoilers I guess but um, the directors I'm using Jimmy's laptop here uh, directed by Joaquin dos Santos Kent Powers uh, Justin and Justin K Thompson three directors um, and writers I know both Lord and Miller worked on it um, I think there was a third writer though too um, but yeah. Uh, this movie, we both really liked Into the Spider-Verse. If you haven't listened to our v- episode on that, go listen to that uh, to hear what exactly we think. But uh, this movie was was quite good. Yeah, so, Holden, yeah, was, Holden went back and saw it a second time. I would yeah. have liked to have done that. I just didn't find the time to this weekend. But yeah, no, this somehow even better looking than the first one, I would say. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's it, it's it's... I mean, you can compare them. I was also, I was trying to think of which one's better looking. The first one, it was just so like revolutionary though. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was so its own thing. And this one takes it like steps further by adding different art styles and different sections and just overall being a cleaner looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I, I think it's hard to compare since that one came first, but yeah, in general, this one probably looks better. Yeah, no, I, I, the nice thing about this is they go to these different dimensions and you really get a different style in each one. And we got a glimpse of that in Into the Spider-Verse, but we actually spent some more time in different dimensions in this one. And mm-hmm. I like the unique style they have to it. There's a lot of creative world building mm-hmm. that goes along with it too. I think our cast of characters, obviously the returning crew from the first movie mm-hmm. is really likable, but the new characters we meet along the way are really fun as well. Yeah. Um, they either comic relief or interesting depth they add to the story. I like that a lot. There I mean there's this movie spends a lot of time on character mm-hmm. development. Like this and I think that's well, it's one of the complaints I heard leaving was there was someone that left while you were in the bathroom. I was walked by and was like God, they wasted so much potential. They spent so much time at the beginning of the movie, and then they didn't like didn't do anything with the spider people. I'm like, I just, I don't know. I disagree personally. I I mean, I it is it, it's a slower start, but I think it's well deserved because it sets up um, obviously this greater two movie arc. But um, we spend a lot of time with Miles, Miles's parents. Uh, Gwen gets a whole intro sequence um, that's like 15, 20 minutes long, mm-hmm. probably. Um, I just think giving extra depth to all those characters really just adds to the impact for later in the movie, obviously. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's really good and, and it's, these characters are great, mm-hmm. which is, and, and they, when they team up, they're really fun to root for and they have great chemistry. Um, the, uh, Spider-Man 2099, I think, uh, or, uh, Miguel O'Hara, I yeah. believe is his name, right? Yeah. 
I think he's kind of the standout of the new characters. I really like his backstory a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty compelling. Uh, and the uh, way that his his story kind of intersects with uh, Miles's goals going forward, he's probably cooler. I think I liked Spider Man India more. Uh, oh yeah, which I can't remember the the um, his alter his human alter ego's name, but uh, yeah, I, I thought he was just very entertaining. I liked his backstory and everything. So, like I said, there's not there's not a bad one. They no. even they play with the Scarlet Spider. Yeah, that, that was good. He had a good voice by Andy Samberg, apparently. Oh, nice. Didn't know that. Um, but again, the, the new spider people are great. The returning ones are great. Um, Peter B. Parker's got this little May Day, I think is the name mm-hmm. of his little baby. She's really cute, adorable, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of lots of really fun things going on here, but also a lot of mature stuff too. There's a lot of exploration of themes, determinism, fate. You know what? Mm-hmm. You know what is the greater good? You, you sacrifice that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and like like you said, this is a really a movie about the characters and exploration of those themes. And not there's not that much plot that happens in this movie, which is surprising because it's over two hours long. But it, the inciting incident that actually kicks off the plot is well into this movie. Well, I'm like I'm interested because I mean, obviously we have the second one coming out. I don't know if it's going to be another two hour, twenty minute movie or whatnot. But like, it's it's kind of you can kind of see where it could go or whatever. I don't know. It feels like. There's maybe not that much of the story left quite, in my opinion, but I feel like they're going to expand on it a bunch and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure there were, are more curveballs to be thrown oh, into the yeah, equation. Of course. Um, Miles, I mean, his his whole character in this movie, he's, he's like simultaneously trying to find his individuality, like in his, like among his family and everything and, and the real world while also, you know, wanting to be part of something bigger um, which was, you know, he wants to be part of the spider team and everything, but uh, isolation is another thing that comes up in this, like being alone, mm-hmm. like kind of being, you know, the only, you know, knowing there's a multiverse of all these different spider people, but you're kind of stuck in your own universe and the only one going through these things and, and coping with that. And, and no one can really relate to you. It's but all the spider, yeah, all the spider people are simultaneously so kind of like alone, together <laughs> like yeah they're kind of all they're, they're even though they're all teamed up they're all you know going through stuff and i think miguel o'hara mentions that at the beginning of the movie like they're all just kind of miserable and loners but you know trying to do team up mm-hmm. for the greater good and everything yeah i i, th- I think there's a lot uh, the, the uh, music is, is great once again both the, the soundtrack and the original score um, uh, yeah. i think was phenomenal this time uh once again I think I, Daniel Pem, Pemberton, I think is his name. He was really good. Yeah. Did, do you know if he composed the last one too? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I wasn't but. aware. I saw he did. I, he's he's done some movie scores I really like, but this one stood out to me. I, I think for me, this is it's a an improvement over the last one. Even though I liked the music in the last one, there are just some like tracks in this, original score tracks that I gone back and listened to since then mm-hmm. it's really good and it's good right from the start it's like honestly probably the best tracks are at the beginning of the movie i remember it starting out and it was like this is this kicks butt <laughs> so good <laughs> and even like the titles watching it the second time like the music that plays during the titles yeah i'm i'm blown away by the music it was probably the unsung hero for this movie for me yeah it's great um just trying to think of other things that we haven't talked about. Oh, the structure of this movie, really weird. It is not a beginning, middle, end at no. all. This movie. Beginning, like, middle. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, there is no climax of this movie, really. Like, they, it, no. I, like 
the movie kept going. I'm like, oh, are they actually going to show like the, what they're building up to here? That's what and I was it keeps going, too. going, and I'm like, okay, maybe. And nope, it's not. It's just ending. It, it feels like it's going to end several times before it does, but it's just they keep sending setting up one more thing over and over and over, and it doesn't drag or anything. It's just kind of like as a viewer, you're like, where are we at exactly in this story? Because it's a long movie, but it's still the first half. Kind of weird. I, in my uh, in my video that I did, the standalone one on YouTube, I, I made the comparison to, I said, this part one is more of like a Dune part one, where yeah, it's really it's setting up the, the, the sequel mm-hmm. for the climactic showdown, as opposed the to like Avenger, a bigger movie. Avengers Infinity War, which you have a big climactic battle on Wakanda at mm-hmm. the end of that movie, where you have the protagonist going on, you have these beginning, middle, end of the story. And then you have the cliffhanger after that, that sets yeah. up the, you know, whereas this is like what they set up in the, <laughs> the beginning, you know, the, the thing that this major, major confrontation that they're setting up in the first, you know, half of the movie does not get resolved by the second half of the movie. This movie does not work as a standalone movie at all. Really? I would say not really. No. I mean, it, it it's, it's, it's still really good, obviously, mm-hmm. but I but mean, it, it's, it's interesting to, I'll, Depending on the quality of the next movie, we'll see if, you know, opinions change. But I can't imagine if this was developed side by side, the next one, that the next one isn't going to be great, too. Like, I feel like it's also going to be amazing. You would think so. I mean, they're two for two so far. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing I was going to say, and I completely blanked on it, so. That's yeah. okay. I was going to say, um, I do, th- for me, the ending, or, or it feels like it's ending several times on rewatch, I feel like that does drag the pacing. Um, it's, it's just like... It feels like some of the stuff they keep doing to for these like and en- like almost ending shots they could just like cut out or you know just start present the it second a different one way. way. Yes, yeah, start it the second way. There, it's there's it, particularly like plot twist later on that it's like you could have showed this off in the trailer for the next one. I think maybe maybe yeah. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Um, and it, it, I mean, honestly, the movie was slow beforehand, but it didn't really, I mean, I enjoyed that, but it was just mostly the pacing at the ends that. And even though this is a beginning middle, there's still plenty of action and excitement to yeah. be had. Like yeah. some action sequences are, are just great. And it's not like they're few and far between. There's, Mm-mm. there's quite a few fun things, scenes to go around with. Um, but really creative, lots of good things to talk about. I think we should dive into our spoiler talk of this. I think we've, I, we've kind of, I do want to. I do want to mention this movie's sound mixing is all over the place. I think that is probably the biggest problem with it. I did not notice that at all. I didn't think I would have to watch it again and pay attention. There's some. It's mostly with dialogue. There are some parts where you can just like not hear what people are saying, and it's mostly with. I don't know if you remember the bit at the beginning where, and not spoiling anything, but when Gwen's like drumming and kind of recounting the events of the last movie. She like keeps talking and it just gets drowned out. Like I, by the d- music. I do not remember having any problems hearing okay. any of the dialogue. I, so maybe you're just a deaf old man holding. I know I'm, I'm not alone. Really- I this is a common complaint. Well, Holden, we know that you're not a good <laughs> listener. But okay, fair enough. Um, but there's all, but also with like um, uh, Spider Punk, who is in this movie, I feel like a lot of his dialogue was was maybe it was just the voice acting was a bit too quiet, like a bit too quiet or whatever. But it's hard to hear some of that too. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to turn the subtitles on for you. Hold yeah, on. I will. I'll have to it see it again be, it and, and, let, and let you know if I agree with you. 
Uh, but who who is this movie for? This movie is for if you like the first one, see this one. I think you have to see the first one to see this one. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't. That's what I was going to say that I forgot to say. Don't see this movie if you have not seen the first one. My dad was like, oh, should I see that new Spider-Man movie? I said, no. Heck no, dad. Watch you haven't seen the first original. one. Uh, yeah, so if you, but if you have seen it or if you have not seen the original, even go back and watch it. Cause it is, it's a great movie and, mm-hmm. and it's, I haven't heard of anybody not liking it. Honestly, it's pretty wide general audience. There's a lot of creativity to it. So if you, if you like Spider-Man, you're going to like it. If you like superhero movies, you're going to like it. So go back and watch it. If you liked that one, you're going to really like this one as well. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Just know that it is a part one and that part two is coming out in March next year. So yeah. don't have to wait very long. Uh, it's a gorgeous movie, just visually so beautiful. I mean, with all the, as I mentioned earlier, uh, all the art styles, which we'll talk about in spoilers. So you won't know what it all looks like. Um, but yeah, amazing movie. I don't think it, I think I like the first one a bit more. I think so too, just yeah. cause it stands alone. Stands alone. Um, but I am excited if the third one lives up to these first two, this could be like just one of the best film trilogies like yeah. ever. Oh, really like, solid. Like Absolutely. it's so good. In these first two movies. Um, I think I'll go probably nine out of 10. Yeah. That's a fair score. Yeah. I think that gave the last one nine or nine and a half. So yeah, nine. All right, sweet. We're going to dive into spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie, go see it, pause this, and then come back later. Otherwise, we're going to start spoilers right now. All right, spoilers for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, we can start. There's right- a lot of cameos in this. There is. There's a lot of references, a lot of just cool things and we can talk about. But I, I think we should just start at the beginning because I wasn't expecting to get a, you know, kind of prologue thing with with Spider Gwen. Yeah, she's a really she's basically a co-main character with Miles yeah. at this point. Yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, her world is probably the the best looking world in the movie. That's what it's I said in so my review. Cool. I said that like, I, I particularly like just like the painted watercolor look of her world. It's just it's, gorgeous. And it, I don't know if this was throughout the whole thing, but when she was sat at the end, you could literally see the water coming down. Yeah, it. Was it always it's dynamic? Doing it's well during like the action scenes. I don't think so, but pretty much anytime that it's like more just conversations, it's happening. It's so it beautiful. happens. I mean, when, when, her dad confronts her at the museum at the beginning of the movie. It's happening there too. Um, but yeah, the backgrounds, I mean, there's no consistency in the backgrounds and all the props or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, suggestive, like they're, they're almost not there. It's mostly just the characters in these beautiful, gorgeous environments. It's like the, the YouTube channel, every frame of painting, like literally every frame is yeah, a painting. It is literally, <laughs> but it's so cool. Um, but yeah, I just I guess I wasn't expecting like uh, you know Gwen to come from such a, a different looking universe. But, mm-hmm. um, but then you have the fight with the vulture at the beginning. Yeah, Leonardo is, da Vinci vulture. Yeah, which is great because mm-hmm. it, it, the animation difference there and just the fact that it's also like a weird steampunk Renaissance version of the vulture. Yeah, has like very fun has like crossbow bolts and stuff. Uh-huh. It's yeah, it's I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, and then you get the introduction of uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine and uh, what was the Spider Woman? Uh, I can't remember the the, the, the motorcycle. Name. Yes, the the motorcycle. Well, then Spider-Woman. you've seen it twice. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she was really cool too. 
Um, she shot webs out of each one of her fingers. Yeah. That's a pretty cool move. They, a lot of them used webs differently, which I thought was just kind of a minor but but cool thing that most of the, at least the major Spider-Man that you, you got to spend time with. I mean, you have Spider-Man India has like those weird, I don't know what they're called, like the discs or whatever that he, yeah. he uses with the webs and um, there's the, there's the web slinger one that has the gun that just shoots webs. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, there's, there's a lot of different uses I think that fits each, each one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've seen it twice. You can just keep walking through the movie because you're going to remember better than I would. Sure. Well, so then obviously the de- uh, dad confronts Gwen. There's that heartbreaking scene where she ends up running away, but then you get to miles. He kind of gives a recap, but, uh, quickly introduced to the spot. Yeah, the, the spot, which I did not realize was going to be a bigger villain. Yeah, well, so I had heard, I, I, when I went in, I was like, I feel like I heard this guy as like the main villain or something, but he's played off as a joke at first. So I was like, maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe he's just like a villain of the week as they call him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved him. I mean, I know he's like halfway through the movie, he basically disappears. He's, yeah. he's not in it much past that, but I think it's so like fun watching him go from just this kind of pathetic, doesn't know what he's doing villain to then just like this all powerful, like nemesis character. Um, He's voiced by Jason Schwartzman. Um, But uh, yeah, that, that robbery in the, in the bodega or whatever, was hilarious. Yeah. It's like, who, who dropped this ATM in the street or whatever? Who left this ATM in the <laughs> yeah, street? The, <laughs> that was a funny line. I think that's probably the most I chuckled. No, it was um, really good. They brought uh, back the, I think it's a Banksy line. Yeah. Yeah. The, in the Gwen dimension. Um, but yeah, no, there's that the spot. I love the fact that it was the guy who got hit by the bagel too. Yeah. That was a nice bring that back. That was yeah. so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just that whole fight in the bodega and then them kind of going through the street, the inventive way they used all the different holes and everything. And um, there's the bit where he's like Spider-Man's like caught in in him and everything. Yeah. There's it was very inventive and cool. Um, yeah, liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, just other fun things. We had the Lego world was mm-hmm. fun, which apparently was made, I guess, by a 14 year old. So I, I didn't. Was this the- I didn't see like, where did you read that? I didn't see like official confirmation of that. I was seeing people say that. I heard it. It was apparently an interview by one of the directors, I believe. That said that? Okay. That said it. Okay. So that, and then that. I didn't see the interview itself, but they, it was a scene they added later because they saw this kid's animation thing. So they like worked with him to do it. Now, I don't know how much he actually did and how much they told him to well he he, it's a cool story he had animated reanimated like one of the spider across the spider-verse trailers apparently and it if you watch it it is really good i wouldn't be so i mean i'm sure he had help but like i'm sure he did a lot of it this is 14 year old kid it also works as a nod to just lord and miller did the lego Mm -hmm. movies exactly which were fun too and and beautifully animated so it was just fun it was funny it was funny i liked i liked miguel saying you're one of our best peter to the lego (laughs) (laughs) spider-man i thought that was good um but yeah that's that's when um spots kind of going in between the different dimensions he hops into the venom verse remember (laughs) that right talks to the the lady but yeah i don't even actually see venom it's just the one lady so it's like if you haven't if you haven't seen Venom, you don't get it. You have no idea who that lady is. It's just kind of a, yeah, it's a weird I vaguely know who Venom. she is, and I've seen both the Venoms. Yeah, like she's, it's not like she's a major character even in those movies. Um, 
yeah, has that interaction, but then uh, ends. He he comes back out and he's like, "My holes aren't a curse." <laughs> the guys are like, yeah, "Stop yelling about your holes! You're making us uncomfortable." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's a really fun movie. Um, you obviously get that one iconic conversation between Miles and Gwen where they go to the building and they kind of sit on it upside yep. down, yep. which is really cool visually. And I think it's going to be like an iconic kind of visual Shot, of yeah. this of this movie. Oh, yeah. I, I like that kind of aspect of these animated Spider-Man movies, how they're just like it, they inexplicably can just like walk upside down and what like they don't try to explain mm-hmm. it at all. I mean, it's it theoretically probably the live action ones could do it, too, but it just like probably wouldn't make as much sense there. Um, but yeah, they just they're just walking. Wouldn't be comfortable. You would just say, yeah. Your, on your blood would yeah. rush to your head. Get light out. Oh, it just <laughs> falls off. <laughs> At least they'd land on their head. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, then they, they go to the, the, what do they call it? Mumbatan. It was like yeah, Manhattan, Mumbatan but or something. Yeah. Mumbai I pronounced it. It was really cool. That's what I can say. It was really cool to look at. Just yeah. a lot of things happening all at once visually. And like you said, the, Spider-Man India is that was mm-hmm. that what he's called? He was he was voiced really cool. by the the taxi driver from Deadpool. Interesting. And I'm, Sony, I believe, I have not nice. seen Deadpool since it was in theaters. All right, so, well, there you go. So what? He's seven years ago. He's in both of them. Okay. Well, what was the <laughs> second one? 2018, 20? Yeah, something like that. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute, Holden. Um, but he he was great, and that whole sequence was was really exciting too. And he's like, oh, my life's so easy as Peter Parker. <laughs> I wake <laughs> up, my hair's perfect. Yeah, got a girlfriend. It's it's really funny. And then obviously we have Miles like intervening there when he's not supposed to, changing things. Kind of reminded me of uh, the Loki show where they have to come in and say, "Oh, oh we yeah. have a variance. We have to fix this now." And the whole, the, like even like the stem thing looked like it was out of out oh of yeah. Loki, the multiverse stem. I'm sure timeline. that yeah, I'm sure that was you know intentionally looked like the MCU timeline thing. So you think these are going to be part of the MCU? At one point? I mean, I think theoretically it is just part of the multiverse in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I like, I I'm all but certain we're going to get a Tom Holland cameo in the next one, right? You would think so. I yeah. feel like it's okay, Donald. Yeah. Donald Glover, right, is, yeah. is in this. Is he the Prowler in something? Yeah, so I mentioned this when we talked about Into the Spider-Verse. He's in Homecoming. He's okay. like a criminal that uh, Spider-Man, like, I don't know, confronts or whatever. And he's supposed to be uh, Miles's uncle. Yeah, he even says Aaron or whatever. Yeah, Aaron Davis, I believe. And he even says something like, I need to tell my nephew about this or something like that. And yeah. So yeah, theoretically he's the prowler in the MCU. I just haven't seen him actually be the prowler. Yeah. That was, it was a little bit weird to see him in the animated realm. Yeah, I guess I thought it was kind of fun though. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I liked it. But uh, yeah, then the, the, we have a Miguel O'Hara explaining kind of like every Spider-Man has these key plot points in their story. Mm-hmm. And they just have to happen. I think I think it's interesting because um, Gwen's dad hasn't died yet. Um, so you would- well, yeah, because when they go back to her universe, or when she goes back to her universe, her dad's like, "Oh, I I decided not to become captain, not to become captain," which is interesting because captain always dies. So like, how's that going to work? There is he going to become captain? The next one. I wonder if it's just a random police captain that dies in her universe. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but just kind of the, the the fate of that and all that stuff, and obviously. Miles is understanding that his dad is is going to be the one who, but based on the fate of all these other characters, is going to have to die. And 
them trying to kind of comfort him in this what they see as an inevitability mm. and miles of course sees well i gotta do something about it um which i think is a really interesting kind of question because you know by doing this he which is clearly something you would understand why someone would want to do he is putting the whole universe and multiverse in danger apparently but what i think makes it more interesting too is that like miguel like tells miles he's like the original like anomaly i think he calls mm-hmm. it and so like theoretically i mean yes we you could look at it the way like miles is possibly willingly putting the multiverse in danger but at the same time like if miles is an anomaly like maybe he could it could like turn out differently for him like yeah. it might not have to go that way yeah it's true I really did like the plot twist of him being sent to the wrong universe. Yeah, that was good. Because I did not see that coming. I didn't either. But rewatching it, it's like like it's you can tell because uh, the way the scene plays out, like Gwen is like outside the window in his actual universe, like mm-hmm. kind of waiting there. And then uh, but then Miles is obviously in that sa- in that room, but in a different universe. Um, but in the universe Gwen's in, it's raining and the other one, it's oh, not I didn't so catch that. like, I feel like it's easy, you know, maybe if you were perceptive, you'd be like, maybe that's an inconsistency or something, but mm-hmm. no, it's cause they're in different universes. Yeah. So really cool little twist at the end there. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I mean, the, 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 probably the biggest action sequence of the movie is the, the Spider-Man chase, chase of yeah. all the Spider-Man, <laughs> just all of them. And you, like you see the, see the web slinger and, and all mm-hmm. the other fun types the and T-Rex, the, the T-Rex, the cat. <laughs> yeah, cat. Um, Peter parked car. Remember that? Peter parked car. <laughs> that yeah, was really right. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. And then you have the little baby Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Peter B. Parker's little kid. I thought that Hold was the baby. fun too. Hold the baby miles. <laughs> hold the baby it'll change your life <laughs> yeah you want to see this picture you want to see this picture <laughs> I, I like peter b parker a lot he's a fun character yeah i was disappointed he wasn't in more of the movie but i'm sure it seems like it's going to be a bigger part in the next one so yeah but i mean uh, miles gets away i i don't remember all the beats of that action sequence because it's been several days but any other there's, little bits that you wanted to talk about uh there's the bit where it's like the the 60s cartoon spider-man like do you remember that? Or like, I do. Oh, when they're all pointing at each other, like no, no, no. Like he's he's like swinging away, and then it like it, it's like front facing '60s Spider-Man is like like gonna go out, like I, hit. I him. don't remember. There's okay. so much to see in this movie. There like blink and you miss it. Okay, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of reference. I mean, obviously a lot of references to actual suits. There's the Insomniac one. Remember mm-hmm. that when it's yep. like. All these guys are from, these are the video game guys. And then it's Insomniac Spider-Man is there. That's pretty funny. Um, But yeah, most of the like actual, I think a lot of the actual Spider-Man like variant suits are like in the background, like ones you might know from the comics, like the various armors and stuff. Those are more background characters. There's one, uh, the version from the cartoon, the spectacular Spider-Man gets like one line in it when they're like all surrounding miles before he tries to leave or whatever, he gets a line. Apparently that's a good cartoon. I've never seen it, but um, yeah, I don't know. Lots of Spider-Man, lots of Spider-Man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. And then you have them trying to go home and you have Gwen going back and, and talking to her dad and in that scene, finding out that he kind of threw it in and did not become the captain. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, yeah, so Miles Morales is the the prowler in this other universe. And he's got forty two. He's got different hair. Yeah, I would say worse. I think it's the worst haircut. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. He does. He does him. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely seems a lot more 
scarred and and hurt. Well, and yeah, because his, his dad has died. Mm-hmm. The the difference is his dad dies in that universe instead of his uncle. So he's kind of grown into being a criminal with with uh, his uncle, I guess. I like how the universe, or at least New York City, is just in shambles without Spider Man. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that universe doesn't have a Spider Man. That's right, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked that twist. It was fun. I think it's a cool place to end it, honestly. I'm like, yeah, it's you leave the audience like, oh, oh, Miles is a bad guy in this universe. So gotta wait till next year. See what happens. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he'll they'll they'll make up or something. I don't know. Yeah. There, I don't Probably. know. We'll, we'll find out. We, we, yeah, it'd be interesting Our to miles see. Miles will appeal to, to the other Miles. Or maybe the way. other Miles becomes the main antagonist or something. I maybe. Don't I don't know. We'll see. I, I honestly don't know where they're going to go with the Prowler direction. I did not see that coming at all. No. Until the, you know, the scene was playing out. It's like, okay, well, it's obviously Miles. And they kind of drew out that moment a little bit for the dramatic yeah. tension. But yeah. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Aaron's like, it's not, I'm not the Prowler or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. March 29th, 2024 is when Beyond the Spider-Verse is coming out. It used to be Across the Spider-Verse Part 2. Yeah, glad this they changed is better. It. Mission Impossible should get on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Although it maybe people would have known it was a part, you know, it was Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, so maybe people would have managed their expectations. Maybe they should have just done what Dune did and put it on the title the, for the title. Remember? Yeah, I guess. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, um, I really liked it. I thought it was amazing. I'm excited for the next one. Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Verse crossover. I'm trying to think if there's if there's other things we're missing. I mean, we did kind of skip over the uh, all the character moments between him and his parents, but those are just those are just solid little bits. Yeah, I like that. You know, he gets grounded, but then he kind of gets ungrounded by his mom. He wants to write on all. The, he wants to write his old apology on the cake. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was funny. And then he just gets two cakes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Spot. I, I really like how the spot looks after he gets like sucked into the, the thing where he's, it's just like scribbles. He's, yeah. he's just like a vague human form. Oh, that, those one of the things I, w- I forgot to mention about the spot is like when he, I don't know if he, it's this way throughout the whole time when you see him, but at least when he's inside himself, you can see like the, like the various like drawing lines like some like the circles or whatever mm-hmm. an animator might use to like sketch out a character or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I know very yeah, it's very light on him, but you can kind of see it when it's like especially up close cool. on him. So I thought nice that was touch. cool. Um, yeah, that's probably probably about it. I think we can call it there. Yeah. So. Thanks for listening to our in-depth review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Of course, we'll be doing one next March when Beyond the Spider-Verse comes mm-hmm. out. But we're going to go on to the next segment of our show, Holden, which, of course, is What Are You Doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, uh, this week, obviously, I watched a lot of Succession in one night, so that was that was a big chunk um, this weekend I had a wedding. I had to go to shout out to Tommy and Allie who Tommy does listen to the podcast. So shout out to you guys for getting married. It was a very fun wedding. Thank you for having me be a part of it. Um, but aside from that, um, I watched missing on Netflix, oh, yeah? the movie we thought about doing, but instead of saw infinity pool. <laughs> Remember that? Thanks a lot. Holden. I, I left it up to you. Did I decide? Yeah, that? you decided on I'd it. Shoot. Thanks a lot. Me. Thanks a lot. You. 
Uh, missing was better. Um, it was very fun. But it's, not as much Alexander Skarsgård, though, I'm guessing. That's true. I don't think he's in this movie at all, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Maybe he's there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, starring Storm Reid, um, who was just in The Last of Us and is in Euphoria and whatnot. She's great. Um, if you've seen Searching, uh, it's very similar where it's all set on a you know computer screen for the most part. There are some moments where it's not, which is, I think, different from Searching. Most of it is. Um, but it's a very, very interesting mystery. I really didn't know where it was going. And honestly, when I thought I was like figuring it out, I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, I'm only halfway through this movie. I'm not figuring this out yet. And then I turns out I wasn't. So, um, yeah, really cool. Liked it a lot. Um, otherwise I forgot to mention last week, the clone high reboot, which I had been hyping up did is coming out, uh, think weekly two episodes. Uh, it's on HBO max. You mean max? Yeah. Max. Sorry. Max. <laughs> um, and it's, it's good. It's the first episode is kind of rough and I think that turns some people off. I think it, the, the following episodes are better. Um, so far it doesn't surpass the original, uh, season for me, but it is still very funny. Um, I think it is interesting having kind of this time gap and they, they use that a lot in the show to, you know, just explain things away and whatnot. The new clones are fun. Um, yeah, liking it so far. We'll see how it goes. Um, other than that, been slowly watching Barry, uh, still on season two of that. Um, I think that's about it there. And then I've been playing kingdom hearts three. Yeah, I just got to the the frozen world. <laughs> they did a shot for shot recreation of Let It Go in this game. How was it good? It was good. Yeah. Nice. I mean, they got all the original voice actors from it and animation-wise, it's not too far behind Frozen, I would say. It still it looks really good. Like a lot of it I would say maybe even looks better. So it it is just weird that they decided to throw that in there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, good stuff. What about you, Jimmy? What have you been doing? All right, well, still working through season three of Barry. Uh, hopefully getting to season four soon so we can review that. Uh, Ted Lasso ended. I have a video on it on YouTube. Check it out. Real quick, what did you think of season? how season two ended in Barry? Or how far are you in season three? I'm quite a ways into season okay, three now, so I'm then. trying to remember how season two ended I exactly. Won't, I obviously won't mention it. but um, Playing Assassin's Creed Origins. Working my way through that. Okay. So. I'm still having fun with it. Again, it's Assassin's Creed, you know, you, you know what you pizza, get, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's okay. Pizza. It's not the most, it's not the best pizza I had, but it's pizza. It's, like a, it's um, a Domino's pizza. Domino's is pretty good. It is good. I, I, I take think, that. Back. Yeah, it's a pizza. Sure. This is a pizza hut pizza. Yeah. I haven't had pizza hut in a long time. I got time. food poisoning last time I got pizza hut. Um, so. Beat Saber came out on PSVR 2, Holden, and that is good news and bad news. Good news, it's free if you have it, and all the music packs are free. That's nice. Thank goodness. Bad news is it is worse than the original port. It is. Here's, uh, first off, tracking fiasco. When you first... When they first uh, released the the update, it's actually a different app that you download. Sure, sure. The PS5 version. PS5 version. Um, (laughs) The controllers are, like, slightly curved, kind of like Count Dooku's kind of lightsaber you know yeah so it's like you're you're like holding it like this and you would think the blade would go vertically but it was like hooked like count Duke's oh lightsaber. weird so it was like playing with that which of course me having muscle memory from playing the other one 300 hours almost i'm like this is not gonna work mm-hmm. and immediately everybody told that to beat games and, and oculus whoever who owns it now um 
And so they, they fix that so you can completely customize the angle. So the angle is fixed, but the controllers themselves are just not conducive at all to playing Beat Saber. Because hmm. one of the things you don't realize once you've played it a bunch is that you like really like you kind of manipulate the controller and the way you hold it a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. to get all the nodes. And if with all that mes- muscle memory, the the you're like locked into place on the on the move controllers. Oh really? Not the move controllers, the uh dual what are they called? Dual sense. Move two controllers. Let's call them that. I can't remember what they're called, but the, the the new VR controllers that are very nice for pretty much every other game except something like this. Sure. So there is a million dollars to be made for someone who <laughs> makes like some sort of attachment that make it feel like a saber hilt mm-hmm. um, because that would help a lot. Um, another thing is the sound quality is terrible. Really? It sounds awful. It's like you're like... Someone is playing it through like, you know, an aluminum can through a string to you. It, I don't know what it is. It's not the headphones because I every other game I play, it sounds fine. fine, including um, Pistol Whip, which is another music beat game. Mm-hmm. It sounds horrible. I, I have no idea what the problem is here. They need to fix it. It Weird. is awful. And, you know, that's kind of the point of Beat Saber. So, um, music. And uh, I can't confirm this, but the frame rate, I think, is terrible. Like, it is all over the place on the higher difficulties. Like, it's buttery smooth on the lower stuff. So I think what happened is you have all these people reviewing it on, you know, IGN and and GameSpot who will just casually play Beat Saber. But when you get to the higher levels and you even turn off all the effects and everything, but it's like loot drop in frames. or I don't know if I'm just crazy, but it, it... it was bad. Okay. I will say it is way sharper and, and nicer looking than the original, but there are some really, they need to straighten it out. And I am <laughs> not going to be playing the PS5 version. I'm just going to be playing the PSVR one version until they, until get they this fix it. Sorted out, uh, which is, it's too bad, but I just thought that was interested, interesting, and worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I just want to talk about is making that my succession video about the finale was such a pain in the butt because I did not realize that uh, HBO will just copyright in literally anything. So. Yeah, just anything. Yeah, I think, well, it's um, Warner. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've heard Warner's hard to work um, with. So. And I and I heard that I listen. I like the Nerd Soup podcast. They're really good for covering Succession. Was a really good show that they covered, and so they talked about that in their finale review too, like how how just with max debuting literally the week of the finale of of Barry and succession how kind of weird that was because some people it's like could they find the finale you know Did they yeah realize, you know it was a switch that is weird they didn't wait um but yeah that was so i ended up it ended up working to uh flip the footage and like scale it way down to the corner of the screen so you can mm. still see it but it was a much better video when it was the full screen sure. i was pretty proud of it and so you can still watch it and still kind of get the, the gist of it, but just know that going forward, whenever we review a Max show, so Barry and all that, that's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, there we go. Holden, what do we have next week? Are we going to be transforming? We are, yeah. That's my. You seem pretty excited for Transformers, are you? Oh no, my Jaguar's transforming on me. There's probably a Jaguar transformer in this. You mean Jaguar? Yeah, Jaguar. Jaguar. Um, yeah, we're doing Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I can't wait for this movie. Very excited. What a movie to follow up Spider-Verse with. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be a transformative experience. Maybe it will be. Um, but yeah, maybe it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be doing Transformers Rise of the Beasts. If you want to leave us a request 
You can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy. Sweet. Probably not Barry next week, but we'll do it probably soon. Probably not. We'll do I, will, it soon. I will not catch up by we'll then. We'll do it in a few weeks, probably. Probably. Um, but otherwise, uh, YouTube, I've been making a lot of stuff, so check that out if you're mm-hmm. not looking at There's a bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, you, if you, Especially if you want to get some early reactions before we do the podcast according on a movie, that sort of thing, I'll have those out probably before we record. So if you just can't wait for that Transformers Rise of the Beast review... Go check out wow. the YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that I'm excited for this, I guess. And then what? The Flash is in two weeks. So mm. wow, what a what Flash. a elementals come in. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Indiana wow. Jones. This wow. originally was like a month I was very excited for, and I feel like just a lot of these movies have fallen off for me. So well, can't. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. Asteroid City's in there somewhere, maybe. Yeah. We shall see. Well, we'll be here. We'll review them we'll one way or another. We'll so. do something. You can you can, <laughs> you can come promise we'll suffer, promise you that suffer with us please don't let us go through this alone we'll be like please. Miles Morales and and Spider Gwen feeling alone yeah I All do right. feel alone or I'm part of something bigger but I do still feel alone here. yeah All right sweet until next time then adios pantalones love you. <laughs>